This episode is brought to you by Robinhood. You know Robinhood. We've talked about them before. Robinhood is an, is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everybody, not just the wealthy. It's good for us, right, guys? Except for all you wealthy folk out there. Good for you. Robinhood is not intimidating. Sorry. <clears throat> I'm wheezing right now. I have asthma. Did you know that? I'm a dork. Robinhood is a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. It's simple and intuitive. They're clear design with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. I have trouble saying easy-to-digest, ironically. Hmm. Anyways, I like Robinhood because other brokerage forms, other broker brokerages charge... Should I start over? Ah, sorry, Robinhood. I like Robinhood because other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees at all. You trade stocks and keep all of your profits, and the design is easy to use, which is great for an old man like me. It's easy to understand their charts and market data. Place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. It's great. Man, I'm actually learning how to like handle my money uh, through Robinhood, so like uh, I'm using this sponsor. We believe in our sponsors, and we believe in Robinhood, and I'm learning by doing, and Robinhood's great for that, because you learn to invest as you build your portfolio. You discover new stocks and track favorite companies with personalized news feeds, yada, yada, yada. What I'm saying is Robinhood is awesome, and... They are giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. That's awesome. They're, they're, they're giving you free stock to start off. I've already done it, and it's great. Do it. Sign up at sorrydad.robinhood.com. That's sorrydad.robinhood.com. Make sure you add that sorry, Dad, okay? So I can... Uh, you know, so I can invest in some more stocks. All right. Enjoy this episode. Uh, you'll hear that I mentioned that I'm uh, quitting social media and moving into a van down by the river. I recorded that last night, woke up and realized I might have made it sound like I'm quitting the podcast. Hell no. Ain't never quitting. I'm sorry, Dad, doll. Maybe I should quit doing that voice, doll. So, yeah, uh, enjoy this uh, weird episode. And we will see you next week. Hello, everybody. It is Rydoon from Sorry Dad Pod. Guess what? It's just Rydoon. Again, two weeks in a row with no Brandon. Can you believe it? Hallelujah. Just kidding. Uh, I love Brandon, of course. You guys know that. But uh, yeah, just just me on this episode. I'll tell you why. We recorded an episode earlier today with Marlon Webb to discuss his legal battle with Fortnite. Uh, he, is, he might be suing Fortnite. We get all into it on that episode, but... <laughs> Halfway through the episode, I was like, Marlon, are you, are, you, are you sure you want this to be on the internet? Like, don't you want to, like, talk to your lawyers more? He was like, oh, I mean, like, when are you posting this? Like, three weeks? Marlon's got such a laid-back voice. Uh, and I was like, no, we're posting this in two hours, dude. As soon as you leave, I'm posting this. He was like, ah. <laughs> That's how he laughs. He laughs like a clown. Uh, 
so yeah, we realized that we shouldn't be uh, posting Marlin's legal battles online until it's settled. So we're going to post that in a, in a couple weeks or whenever Marlin knows what's going on. So that is why it's just me today because Brandon had to leave. And uh, we're already a day late on the podcast. I'm recording at 9.49 p.m. on Thursday night, December 20th. We're supposed to post on Wednesdays. So uh, on behalf of Brandon and myself, I apologize. And I hope, you, uh, hope you're still listening. Uh, well, I know you are because I look at the numbers every day. I'm obsessed with it. So thank you for listening. <laughs> and thank you for... Masturbating while I listen to this. I know uh, we get a lot of emails saying, love the latest episode. Uh, I came on the 13th minute when Jason Nash talked about how he's been overeating In-N-Out Burger. Uh, Other emails just like, love the latest episode with Annie Letterman. Uh, Her deep voice really turned me on, and I I, I came at minute 43. That was uh, submitted by a female because girls take longer. All right, I'm being gross. All right, why why am I being so vulgar right off the bat? Right off the bat, only two minutes in. Jesus, chill, Rye, chill with the sex jokes, bruh. <laughs> I just did a show at a uh, in Irvine, California, with Elton Castell from uh, the YouTube page, YouTube channel, TFIL, the Fuck It List. Previous guest of the pod, and we did a show with Vinny Fastline, also previous guest of the pod. We did a show with Drew, I did a show with Drew Lynch, also a previous guest of the pod, and also Jay Walker, not a previous guest of the pod. But anyways, we had a great show at Irvine, the Irvine Improv Comedy Club. That club is high end, high society. It's like a relatively new club. I think it's like a year old. Seats like five hundred and fifty people. It's huge. The stage is deep and shiny. The sound was awesome. It was it was a great night. Why am I talking about this? Because I told some sex jokes in front of uh, some teens, pretty much. There's a lot of YouTube fans, a lot of Elton Castell fans there. And they were there to see their first stand-up show, pretty much. And I was out there talking about how uh, I was out there doing my, my, my jizz joke, which originated on the podcast. It's where, uh, I think, and Marlon Webb was on an episode. Over a year ago, I did a joke for Marlon and Brandon where I, I I just reenacted what I sound like when I come and it's like this. Ow. Oh my gosh, my penis. And then I go on from there. So anyways, yeah, I did like a, a three minute rant of me uh, coming on stage to a bunch of teens. I mean, just kidding. It was an 18 plus show. That's why I did that joke. Cause I know, I mean, I, I don't want to do that joke in front of minors. That'd be That'd be weirder than it already is. But man, I love doing that joke. It's so silly. And uh, people laugh at it. Sometimes they don't laugh hard, though. And I'm like, oh, man. Guys, come on. I'm fake coming on stage in pain. At least fake laugh. Come on. Look at what I'm doing. (laughs) Help me justify this, please. But yeah. Super fun show. We're going to go on a tour. Uh, Me, Elton, Jay Walker, and Vinny Fastline. We're going to go on a tour. It's not set up yet, but we hope to start in March. And we're going to go to fucking two other country, dude, in Elton's RV. So that'll be a great bonding experience. Or it could be a divisive experience. Like, maybe I'll end up hating Vinny. We'll see. I mean, I already hate him. Vinny, if you're listening, fuck you, bro.
All right, moving on. Uh, I just got back from a ski trip with the fam. You guys heard in the last episode I was in uh, Exeter, New Hampshire with my mom. A couple days after that, I moved on to Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. Bretton Woods Ski Resort. One of my sisters has a... Actually, two of my sisters own condos at Bretton Woods Mountain Resort. So they're doing better than me. But that's not that's not what, what this is about, guys. <laughs> I'm totally happy. <laughs> Use promo code DAD when you check out for 50% off your butcher box today. All right, legacy box. Butcher box and legacy box. Just fucking promo code. Just order anything and use a promo code DAD. Even if you're at 7-Eleven, when you get a, a, a fucking pizza, when you get a pizza pizza, say, just say DAD after you buy it, okay? Just start practicing the promo code DAD. God damn you. <laughs> just kidding about being angry. But yeah, I went on a ski trip with the fam. I saw all my nieces and nephews, which was, uh, for me, that was the most important part of the trip. Uh, because I, I, I only see them like twice a year. So, and they're still little kids. They range from 12, that's not a little kid, but 12 to one. I have five nieces and two nephews, I think. The numbers could be off. Definitely two, two nephews. But yeah, I wanted to uh, be the fun uncle that I am. And I'll tell you what, guys, I went back home, uh, this Christmas last year, and I was outrageously depressed. You remember that? I did some pod- I did some episodes about being depressed, uh, and I was at my lowest while visiting family. Isn't that weird? Sometimes visiting my family makes me sad, and I think I know why. It's because I'm observing their life, and it's so traditional and stable. And they have kids and stuff. And I'm like, ah, man. Like, I want kids eventually. But I'm viewing their lives. They've, they have all have good jobs. They're all healthy. I mean, so am I. I'm like, I have a six pack. They have good jobs. Um, married with great kids. I'm like, fuck, am I doing this wrong? And uh, this time last year, I was heartbroken over Frank. Remember Frank, my ex? That was the code name for her, Frank. I was heartbroken and also just depressed. And uh, I was uh, not enjoyable to be around. I did my best, but I was uh, just really tired. And uh, my nieces and nephews commented on it to my mom. They're just like, Uncle Y is no fun anymore. He's always tired. And my mom made sure to tell me that like 30 times. So that yeah, that's fun to hear. Long story short is I haven't been depressed pretty much since then. After that trip, I... uh, Got even more suicidal. I had a lot of suicidal ideation at that time, which means I was fantasizing about killing myself. <laughs> Guess what? Here's a dark. Here's a dark thing to share. But uh, on my flight from Boston to back to LA this time, or Christmas time last year, uh, I was on the plane and just wishing that it would crash so I could die. Yeah. So that's where I was at that point. I wanted everyone on the plane to die just so I could end my own misery. I think I've mentioned that to Brandon on the podcast before, but that's when I realized, thankfully I was coherent enough to realize that that wasn't normal and that that is a problem (laughs) and that I needed to do something. So you see, I got home, actually bumped into a, a comedian and we shared an Uber on the ride back, which was like really good timing for me. His name is 
Michael Lenoci, and he opens for Chris D'Elia. Sup, bro? Hey, don't wear that hat, bro. <laughs> That's my D'Elia impression. Anyways, yeah, Michael Lenoci, I bumped into him at the airport. We shared an Uber ride, and pretty much we just talked about comedy and how hard it was, and, like, he was just like, dude, I think it, like if we just keep going, we'll be okay. He's seven years in. I was five at the time. And he was like, you're good, dude. Dude, you're fine. Just, like, don't get too stressed out about where you're at. And I was like, all right, cool, yeah, okay. Yes, I think you're right. You're right. You're right. We can do this. We can do it. So he was like a a little guardian angel, and he doesn't even know it. He's actually normally, uh, he's normally kind of an asshole. (laughs) Not really. That's just his sense of humor. But I saw the the sweet side of Michael Lenoci that day. And it was exactly what I needed. So then I went home and uh, just slipped right back into the depression. But thanks anyways, Mike. Uh, but yeah, I was so deep into a depression that just kept on thinking about killing myself. And then I uh, reached out to my other friend, another comedian, uh, one of my good friends. Um, <laughs> I almost forgot her name for a second. Jesus, that's so rude. I'm so bad at the names. Leah Lamar. We had been talking about uh, depression and stuff. She's a really funny comedian. Check her out. Leah Lamar. And uh, she was telling me about the therapist that she was seeing. And she was like, oh, it's so great. She's so amazing. And I, was, I called her one day. I was like, what's your therapist's email? Yada, yada, yada. I started going to therapy. And guess what? I haven't been depressed in pretty much a year. That's a record for me since seventh grade. Every year I've gotten depressed at least twice. And I'm talking bad. Bad depressions. Dark. So... I guess I'm celebrating one year of not being depressed. It's been a trip, man. It's been a trip, bruh. Being not depressed is uh, kind of a foreign feeling for me. And I'm sure some of you can uh, relate to that, but I hope most of you cannot relate to it and you've stopped listening. (laughs) But damn, being being, uh, happy is like... uh, Weird. I don't know. It's just weird. It's uncomfortable. Anyways, back to the ski trip. Uh, I was an awesome uncle this time around. I was epic uncle. Fun uncle. Uh, I made some vines with some of my nieces years ago. But yeah, I, w- I was uh, made sure I got up, you know, around 10. For skiing, actually, I got up super early. Uh, just so I could uh, eat breakfast with the kids. And then go to the mountain with everybody, ski all day. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy with my uncle, um, my uncle skills this past time. Oh, I have this uh, niece, Bridget. She's the middle child of her family. Her sister's 12. She is nine? Maybe 10. Uh, she's 10. Her brother is in second grade, whatever age that is. Anyways, I can tell she feels a little... Um... I can tell she feels maybe left out, maybe. I don't know. The oldest, the oldest of the ki- of the family is kind of like the star. The youngest is the youngest, so he's also the star. Then the middle child, Bridgie. I feel like maybe, I don't know. I get concerned that she, she's unhappy sometimes. Oh, that's making me sad. <clears throat> but anyways, uh, I made sure to spend uh extra time with Bridgie and uh one night I was on my way to uh the liquor store with my brother-in-law and I called Bridget over for a secret meeting in the foyer in the mudroom and I was like Bridget you want some candy <laughs> and I said it like that 
I was making a really creepy face and I said, hey, kid, you want some candy? No, it's just like, Psst, I'm going to the store. Do you want any candy? She's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll just get some stuff. Although she requested uh, Swedish fish, which we bonded over. I was like, that's one of my favorite candies. She was like, me too. So I'm, uh, Jeff and I, my brother-in-law, went to the liquor store and I got Bridgie some Swedish fish and some other junk food. And then I, uh, oh, throughout the night, I just uh, slipped her more and more candy in total secrecy. No one knew about it. And uh, I hope it made her feel special. I think it did. She enjoyed it. I mean, kids love candy. I hope she enjoyed the attention I gave her. This is not the way that I talk. That I talk. Oh, I watched uh, The Meg on my flight back from Boston. Holy shit. Terrible movie. But uh, I thought of that because uh, Jason Statham kind of talks like this. Jason Statham. I don't know. I don't know. Is this like a bad Jason Statham impression or is it like good? <clears throat> I think I can do a Jason Statham impression. Maybe just not yet. It's definitely ridiculous. Oi, oi, Jason Statham. Let's get cranked. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, the ski trip was good. Saw my dad, didn't talk to him, he didn't talk to me. Sounds about right. Sounds like nothing at all. Sounds like silence. Did that podcast with my mom. That was cool. My mom's cool. Anyways, I just lost momentum. Did you did you fucking notice that? Totally lost momentum. Just started rambling. I did want to talk about how um kids can say weird things without knowing it. Like, Bill Cosby had that show, Kids Say the Darndest Things. Well, I say kids say the darkest things without knowing it. It's something I've been thinking about for stand-up. Quick story. One time, uh, my niece Madeline was five years old, and we were at my mother's place in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and she jumped off the porch, like, two feet onto the, onto the lawn. But I got a little, a little scared, so I grabbed her midair and then guided her down. And that became the game. And then Madeline uh, described the game in a creepy-ass way. She looked me in the eyes and then just said, Touch me. I was like, whoa. (laughs) I think you mean catch me. She was like, yeah. And then I said, well, then say it, idiot. Then she kept on saying it. Touch me. (laughs) Uh, In in my stand-up joke, I... I place I place myself in a public park surrounded by people, and she's jumping off a rock. And then uh, she keeps on saying, touch me. And then I'm like, I don't touch her. And then to prove it to everybody in the public park, she jumps, and I, and I let her fall. That's the joke. You, you got to see it live. I told it at the Irvine Improv. The teens laughed. Another uh, thing uh, my niece Bridget said when she was like two, the same Bridgie who I gave candy, who I gave candy to, she came to me one day at her house, and she was like, Uncle, why? This isn't in my stand-up, stand-up by the way, but I want it to be. All right. <clears throat> she went, came up to me and was like, Uncle, why? Can we play Tickle Monster? And I said, what's Tickle Monster? And then she said, it's when adults go into the basement and tickle little kids. And I was like, don't word it like that. I knew what Tickle Monster was. I just wanted to hear what she would say. And uh, she took it to a pedophilia place. 
But uh, Tickle Monster is just when when you chase you chase her and say, I'm going to get you. And then you tickle her under her arms. And uh, their playroom is in the basement. And, you know, her parents are adults. So, her, so are her grandparents. So she described it accur- accurately. Tickle Monster is when adults go into the basement and tickle little kids. <laughs> it is what it is, but damn. Shut up, Bridget. Zip it, bitch. Griffin still, Griffin, their little brother, ha- still hasn't said anything super creepy to me. And I'm, I'm really disappointed in him. He's just a charming gentleman, and he needs to be more of a creep. But yeah, kids say the darkest things. Guess what, guys? I, uh, I might be moving in to an RV. I might be living in an RV for about three months in about two weeks. And I'll tell you why. One, I've been looking to uh, lower my rent, uh, save some money on my rent. I pay, you know, I pay too much for my place. Becoming a strain, so I've been just, like, uh, seeking out other uh, living situations. And uh, this past Tuesday was the Irvine Improv Improv Show with Elton and Drew Lynch and everybody. And we went in Elton's RV. He bought an RV for a warp tour that he was on. And uh, I was like, yo, as a joke, I was like, dude, let me move in here. And he was like, you can if you want. <laughs> I was like, wait, hold up, what? I was like, dude, if, well, seriously, if I need to either sell this or store this somewhere and it's just draining money for me, like, mo- you, you can have this for as long as you want. <laughs> and I was like, what? So long story short. Elton owns Elton owns a 2018 30-foot Winnebago fully equipped with internet, TV, stove, bathroom, shower, uh refrigerator. It's got everything. Six beds, one queen bed. Uh enough and it widens like it slides out so it like gets super wide. I made sure that there was enough room for me to pace back and forth because that's how I write. I pace around and think and I also talk out loud in weird voices. I'm crazy. But yeah, um, I was like, dude, I might actually do this. And we were just talking math and stuff like that. Yada, yada, yada. I looked at an RV park in Van Nuys, which was awesome, but it's too expensive. It's going to cost me 1200 bucks a month plus electricity. I wouldn't be saving any money because I got to pay Elton. Uh, I got to pay Elton for the RV. All right. Maybe the, number, maybe the numbers are boring for you guys. Anyways. Just tonight, I got an email from a movie producer, buddy of mine, who's going to be in L.A. mid-January to the end of March. And he was like, yo, uh, I'm going to be in L.A. I'm trying to avoid Airbnb, and I'm super late on booking an apartment for three months. Please let me know if you know of anyone who wants to sublet their apartment. And I was like, hell! So this dude, Tom, who's, I think we're going to make a movie together. He, he has a movie that he that he has funded and everything. He wants me to be in it, so that'll, that'll be cool. Anyways, this producer Tom is going to move into my apartment in mid-January, and I'm going to move into Elton's RV <laughs> until the end of March. Uh, one, to save money, but also just as valuable as that, to me, is having a weird life experience. And I'm going to bring my cat, Ralph. Uh, I think she'll like it, actually, You know, once, once it's parked. So, yeah, I'm going to live in a giant RV 
for about three months. And I expect to meet some weird people. I expect to have some scary things happen, some weird things happen. I expect to get bored. I expect to feel isolated. <laughs> um, I just expect to be living a weird life. And then I can draw from that experience in my comedy. I'm doing this all selfishly for my act. And also for my life. Um, I enjoy strange experiences. I think I, I, I'll take life experiences over money. That's one reason why I don't have a real job. That's why I pursued comedy. It's because I was like, I don't think I, I think I want to have a weird life. Isn't, doesn't that sound more fun? Uh, I didn't realize that comedy was a 24-7 job. But, okay, it's all right. It's still fun. So, yeah, I'm going to move into uh, an, R- <laughs> an RV. And I told my girlfriend Jenny that. And at first she was like, okay, do what you got to do. And I was like, I'll do what I want to do. I want this. So I know I'm going to have a stigma on me of like, wait, hold on. You're living in a van? <laughs> I've already gotten that from people who I've told told this about. Even though this idea, this idea is literally three days old, I've already felt a little bit like, what? You are? Huh. <laughs> Whatever. It'll be cool. It'll be weird. I left something out, guys. Another big reason why I'm doing this is because uh, um, I'm really tired of social media. I really am in a period. I'm in this uh, mindset, which... I don't think is wrong. I don't think it's unhealthy. I hate social media. There, I said it. I think I've said it on the podcast before, but uh, I'm getting uh, some more passionate thoughts about it. Thoughts about it. Um, I think it's uh, ruining people's lives. I have been on... I've seen both ends of the spectrum in that I've experienced the extreme highs of gaining a lot of followers, getting a lot of attention, being very popular. I'm talking about the Vine days. And then I experienced the extreme lows of having that attention, views, popularity, and followers be taken away completely. I'm talking about when a Vine was shut down. So I've had the highs and I've had the lows. The highs were high and the lows were low. And... After the dust settled, uh, I was still unhappy. Talk about the, the depression from last year. Last year was when the, when the dust settled from Vine, and I was like, all right, so wait, okay, where am I? Oh, it's pretty bleak. Oh, fuck. So, yeah, after Vine, uh, <clears throat> I lost my agent and my manager. Um... They weren't really doing anything anyways, but it was still a blow. Like, my career was extremely exciting for a year. And then all of a sudden, they're like, we're we're moving on from you. (laughs) They they said it nicely. It was like, I don't don't think we can do anything for you, man. It's like, you you didn't transfer any followers to other platforms. (laughs) God, so fucking shallow. That's why I hate social media. It's all fake, and it's making people sad. It's it's literally a drug. I hate. I I don't want to get like angry, or I don't want to preach at you guys. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want you to think I'm teaching you something. But 
I did some research on social media and stuff, and a lot of people have been doing research on it. And it's been concluded that getting a text or a like or a follow for pretty much anyone uh, releases dopamine to the brain, which is the same chemical. It's the same thing that alcohol releases when you get drunk. It makes you high. Same thing um, that anything that makes you feel good does. Like runner's high. You can exercise to the point where dopamine is released to your brain and you get happy. When we get texts, that same chemical is released to the brain and uh, it's addictive. And just like anything, everything in moder- if you do something in moderation, it's, a, it's healthy. But if you do something too much, it's bad for you. Just like drinking or smoking uh, tobacco. If you do too much of it, it's going to kill you. Guess what? If we, do too, if we do too much social media, it's going to kill us. <laughs> like it's going to make us really, really, really sad. It did for me. Take it from me. Vine was gone. All the likes were gone. All the follows were gone. And I got really fucking depressed. I, I, it made me suicidal. Yes, there are other factors that enter in, into a depression, but social media was uh, a huge reason why I became depressed. So that is why I am moving into an RV and living by a beach. <laughs> I'm still going to like do social media because it's, it's my job. But you might have noticed I've been posting less, haven't been tweeting much, haven't been Instagramming much. It's because I just need to get through this little period where I fucking hate it, dude. I love it and I hate it. It can do. It be great. It can be great things. I'm very grateful for it. I know people have met their spouses through social media. I met my girlfriend through social media. So like you know, everything has its ups and downs. It's just that I don't think we're. Uh, giving enough respect to the power of social media. We don't respect its power enough. We don't realize that it's making us so fucking sad. Just like uh, encourages us to compare ourselves to other people. Encourages us to post only the good things in life. Oh, God, I fucking hate it. It's so inauthentic. And if you're not being true to yourself... You gonna get sad. <laughs> so I'm moving into an RV. Fuck the world. But follow me on Instagram. I've lost six thousand followers in a week. I actually have. I've lost like six thousand followers in two weeks. Everybody's losing followers lately. It's weird. Brandon actually talked about it today, and how uh, he hasn't been gaining as much. <laughs> and he was like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "Fuck! There it is. There's the drug." He's not getting his he's not getting his fix. That is literally what is happening though. Oh man. I'm not letting my kids have a smartphone until they're at least 18. I think there should be an age limit on smartphones, just like there is on alcohol and tobacco. If it's doing the same thing that those things do emotionally and mentally, then fucking put an age limit on it. I know most of you do not want to hear that, but I'm 34. I'm an old man. I have perspective. Back in my day, we used VHSs. And I had to rewind it and sit there for three minutes while my sister was on a Game Boy. (gasps) 
I'm going to take a sip of wine here. <clears throat> Please hold. Please hold. In conclusion, I fucking hate social media. I'm over it. I hate it. All I want to do is stand up. <laughs> I'll I'll do a TV show too, but I don't fucking care about acting. All I want to do is perform in, in front of live audiences. God damn it! <laughs> I just got too emotional. I mean, I was half kidding, but I am passionate about how I feel, and I do get angry about social media sometimes. Scratch my beard there. So, I don't know. Wait, I, do, I, there, I have something else I want to say about social media. I have a, a video suggestion for you guys. Um, you might know about it. It's called, uh, in your, your, this title is going to make you not want to watch it. This title is f- fucking boring as fuck, but uh, on YouTube it's called Millennials in the Workplace. Oh, that sounds like something fun. Uh, it's super interesting. I had it queued up here on my internet, but it's gone. Uh, it's by this uh, doctor. This is a video <clears throat> of this doctor, Simon Sinek, talking about uh, the millennial question, which I don't know what the exact question is, but... All right, right now I'm learning I can't type and talk at the same time. Millennials in the workplace. Got it. Yeah, Simon Sinek. Check it out. YouTube, Simon Sinek on Millennials in the Workplace. And uh, he talks about exactly what I was talking about, the dopamine rush, uh, how uh, it's releasing the same chemical as alcohol, yada, yada, yada. But one thing that he says towards the end, which struck me a year ago when I first found this video, was that letting your mind wander is how innovation happens that's how creativity happens so if we're always on our phones our mind is being occupied with usually bullshit and stuff that makes us sad maybe you're reading the news well that'll make you sad too basically he said when we get bored our minds wander and that creates innovation and creativity And if we're on our phones, we're going to have much less innovation and creativity. So when I saw that a year ago, I was like, whoa. So my phone usage is keeping me from what I use my phone for. I use my phone to make funny videos and post funny videos and maintain an audience that watches my funny videos. And just it's so... Ironic. I don't know if ironic is the right word, but uh, it's such a paradox that the same thing that I need to create to be creative for is making me not creative. So I was like, "Holy shit!" I would write better stand up if I wasn't on my phone so much. So that that was a huge part of the video for me. It's realizing that I would be a better comedian if I put my phone down. So if you if you work in the creative in, in any type of creative industry. Put your fucking phone down. Um, I know that that sounds like I'm saying, like, don't even listen to podcasts. I listen to podcasts that are uh, open conversations with comedians, long form, like Joe Rogan Experience, uh, Burt Kreischer's Burt Cast, Pete Holmes, You Made It Weird. It's just people chatting. Joe Rogan's is more intense, but it's generally people chatting. And I put it on and I uh, drive my car 
do the dishes, clean my apartment, and my mind wanders. I don't necessarily listen to the podcasts. It just helps my brain shut off, which is, I hope that this podcast can do that for you guys too. I hope this podcast bores you so much that you create something amazing. <laughs> so yeah, that's, yeah. And I thought back to uh, my college years um, for, I, I, Failed out of my first college, and I was happy about it. I kind of, like, meant to in a really irresponsible way because I wanted to play more in my band, which is my, in my hometown. So I moved. I failed out, moved home, played it with my band a lot, and then I went to a community, co- community college, which was a 40-minute drive away from my house, and I, I drove my parents' old Plymouth caravan with wood panels. It was pretty sweet. Drove it 40 minutes every day there and back, and the radio was broken. <laughs> and that's how I learned to sing. Uh, and harmonize, pretty much. Wait, no, not harmonize. That's how I learned to become a good singer. I would just sing to myself, and I would write music. I had a digital voice recorder that I bought for writing melodies. Uh, and then I ended up just singing and writing songs. Like, build, slowly building songs, layer by layer, with my memory, just thinking like, all right, I think I, this is what I just did. So now I'll sing this part. I'd record that. Go home, put it on a looping pedal, and I hope that all worked out. I wrote music because I had no radio and because my, my I was bored as fuck. And it helped me be some, it was some of the most creative times of my life. And uh, I also thought back to my job's landscaping. Holy shit, talk about mindless labor. Not all of it is, but when you're weeding for three hours, your mind wanders. And that's when I started getting into stand-up. I started listening to podcasts while I was landscaping. Podcasts were happening. My mind is wandering. I'm thinking about jokes. Thinking about, like, I, want, I think I want to do stand-up. I do. I do want to do stand-up. I'm going to write some jokes right now. I just, like, let the mind wander, think about funny shit. Sometimes your mind wanders and you think about bad stuff. I try not to do that. I just worry about my life, like, what the fuck am I doing in my life? I don't like landscaping. Holy shit, what am I going to do? Music's not working out. I don't know if music's going to work out. What the fuck do I do? <laughs> that was my 20s. Every day in my 20s, I'd wake up and like, what the fuck do I do? <laughs> every day after college, that was my first thought of every day. And I think, <laughs> I think that's a lot of people's thoughts. But, yeah, what I'm trying to say is fucking... My mind was wandering. I was super bored, and I became a comedian. I thought so much about comedy that I wrote jokes, one of which I still tell today. Why? Because I was bored as fuck, and my mind was wandering, and I was not on my phone. Although I was. I've listened to podcasts, but podcasts are safe, okay? My next job after that, I lived in Jackson, Wyoming, uh, Jackson Hole. It's a ski town. Epic skiing. Some of the best skiing in the world. I went there to ski. I lived there for like eight months. Worked as a lift attendant on the Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. And uh, that's where I came up with some characters. A lot of characters. Uh, I did some, I prank called some other lift attendants. Uh, I would just like do characters to my friend Chris Handy. Rest in peace. (laughs) Just kidding, he's alive. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
Uh, it's funny to me. Anyways, one of my characters, Alex. Hey, how are you? Yeah, have a great trip, you guys. I would just suddenly say that to uh, <laughs> skiers as I got my lift. Have a great run, you guys. I'd be normal up until that. <laughs> up until they were just out of my zone. They couldn't come back. They were drifting off in, an, in a chairlift. I knew I was safe from like being being beat up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where I came up with that character. Why? Because I was bored. Jackson Hole was awesome. I got we got three forty five minute ski breaks a day. I worked uh, four days a week. I skied every day for like uh, seven months. And guess what? It was the happiest I ever ever was. It was the poorest I ever was, and the happiest, the least stressed. I was living the simple life. I slept on an air mattress the entire time. I had a bedroom, but I slept on an air mattress. So I wanted to live a weird life. And also, I didn't want to buy a mattress. <laughs> so I knew I was moving home. But yeah, I was roughing it. Barely roughing it. Ah, oh, man, good times. Fuck. I miss that dog. There were two dogs in the house. Three dogs. Patton. Oh, cute. Cutie. All right, man. I need to uh, wrap this up. Jenny's in the other room watching Younger, which is a TV show she's obsessed with. Also, Jenny's my girlfriend, in case you didn't know. <sighs> All right, well, I hope you guys didn't mind this solo podcast. Uh, I know it's not what you're used to, and it is kind of uh, less than what we normally offer. So uh, I guess I, I apologize, and I'm sorry it's late. Uh, we just couldn't work it out. I've been traveling the holidays and shit. Yeah, yeah. Schedules, Marlin's fucking uh, Fortnite legal problems. That was the biggest blocker of posting a normal episode. But thank you so much for listening. And if you still are, uh, I have a show j- January 2nd at the Hollywood Improv. Um, and I'm also uh, hosting a show for Christina P., Christina Pajitsky at the Hollywood Improv January 10th. Uh, you guys might know her from Your Mom's House podcast. Uh, that She does that with her husband, Tom Segura, who is also a hilarious comedian. They are Killing it. So come see me January 7th, uh, January 2nd or January 10th. Both shows at the Hollywood Improv. Um, and that's it. I love you guys. I gotta go, I gotta see who, uh, the Patreon shout outs are. <sighs> oh, everyone shut it off. Did you guys just shut it off? Probably. I gotta log into Patreon? Jesus Christ. I'll beatbox while I do this. Holy shit, we got another $25 Patreon member. We have two more members. Wow, that's three total. Fuck yeah. That helps me. <laughs> Fuck Brandon. That helps me. So Patreon shoutouts, brand new. I'll take another sip of wine to you guys, to the three of you. That's the wine. Our brand, our newest $25 Patreon donator who receives a personal shout-out every... What the fuck just downloaded... 
I think my computer has some malware going on. Anyways, this shout-out goes to our brand-new $25 Patreon. For $25 a month, you get a personal shout-out. And here it is. Desiree. D-E-S-I-R-E-E. My brain wants to say Desiree, but my mouth wants to say Desiree. Please uh, message me. Tell me how to pronounce it. Email the podcast. I'm sorry, deadpod at gmail.com. Email us, Desiree. Desiree. Desiree, Desiree, thank you so much for donating $25 a month to I'm Sorry Dead Podcast. This is Rai Dune saying I love you so much. Thank you. Next up, Ross Miller. Once again, Ross, this is Rai Dune. And I fucking love you. Okay? Love you, bud. Bud? Bode? Ross Miller, thank you. Steve Marshallek. I know you, Steve. I think you just became a twenty-five dollar member, but uh, you're—I uh, think you're—I think you're our first patron ever. Before we even posted anything. Now that's fucking hardcore, Steve Marshallek. OG. Thank you, man. My name's Ry Dune, and I love you. I'm so sorry, Dad. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, rate and review the pod. Tell a friend, please. And if you're listening, subscribe. I know a lot of you guys don't press subscribe. That's just the way it goes. But please uh, press that subscribe button. It uh, helps us out so we can keep doing more and more. All right. Love you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.